0: Hey, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. I'm your host, Jared White. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Dominic Orlando. It is great to be here with
1: you today, Jared. Great. Uh,
0: episode 269. Hey, nice. Nice. Uh, nice, nice. We're going to be covering, uh, we got a pretty packed quickie news, which is turning into like a not-so-quickie news. Um, and then I guess for the topic of the show, I just wanted to do a review roundup for Wolong Fallen Dynasty, which is the new release coming out this week. Unfortunately, it doesn't come out to the 3rd. We're recording this on the 2nd, so neither of us have had our chance to dip in ourselves, which we'll probably have those impressions next week. So, starting off, we got some... There's a lot of, uh, a lot of news that's pretty uh, prevalent towards our interests, Dom, which is good. So, we're starting off with some Elden Ring news. DLC was finally announced, uh, in a tweet on a random Tuesday, which was February 28th from very software early. finally announced. Yeah, very, it was like, uh, I think it was like one o'clock AM Japanese time too, or so it was something weird, uh, in terms of like when people make announcements, uh, they finally announced DLC for Elden Ring with the following tweet, quote, rise tarnished and let us walk in you path together. An upcoming expansion for Elden Ring Shadow of the Erd Tree is currently in development. We hope you look forward to new adventures in the lands between, end quote. That was a tweet. So, this uh, came with some artwork as well. So, details in the official art released have the fandom believing that the story will revolve around Michaela of the Hallig Tree, who is the demigod twin brother of the infamous Elden Ring boss, Millennia, who's optional, but obviously the internet fell in love with her, or fell in hate with her, I guess, depending on who you ask. Um, And we'll get to that in just a moment of what the DLC could focus on, but I wanted to read this part too. So a report came out regarding the DLC's release window. In the report from Exputer, sources have revealed that the planned release window for Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon is between September and October of 2023. The report continues, quote, "...unless further eternally delayed, there are more chances for the title to launch in late September." End quote. It has also been said that From Software intend on releasing Armored Core 6 before releasing the highly anticipated Elden Ring DLC that was revealed just this week, titled Shadow of the Erd Tree. So I guess let's talk about the uh, the release of the of the DLC first, and then we'll get into what it could possibly be about. Are, do you, are you believing this, that yeah, it makes sense that they'd probably want to focus on getting their big new release out? I, I guess big, maybe not necessarily, but their their new release out, and then worrying about the DLC?
1: Yeah, and that lines up with the way that that tweet was worded to say that it's in development. um, Yeah. That sounds like, you know, eventually kind of a situation instead of if they were to word it like coming soon um, or just something omitted, anything like that at all, then I thought I would think there's a chance it's, you know, this summer or really false kind of a situation. But yeah, the way they worded that tweet and then combined with this report. It does feel like uh, we might be looking into... I mean, could it be next year? It seems odd um, that it could be that far away it, well, if, if they're announcing so it now. So we don't know
0: how far along the DLC is necessarily. I could see a world where the Armored Core 6 comes out in September, and then the DLC comes out in late November, early December. Because <laughs> it'd be totally a, a from software move to have a release that doesn't give two shits about the Game Awards. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, ah, we don't care about that. Um yeah, and I think the um there's also a world in which, like you said, it could have possibly come out next year though that'd be would be odd. But it could totally be a thing where they got the key art done for the announcement and then it's like, well, let's actually work on it and then we don't it's not worrisome in that it seems like from software always has multiple teams working on multiple projects at any given point. Like this isn't something out of the ordinary for them. Um and I'm assuming the way they handle resources there too will change as Armored Core Six comes to a close and when it goes gold. Um in terms of what the game's going be to be about, I haven't fully done my Vata Vidya full deep dive into Elden Ring lore, so I'm not as familiar with everything as I am with like Dark Souls uh, in terms of characters and all that stuff, but I, I am loosely familiar with the Millennia Michaela situation. Do you know, have you dove into that a little bit? Are you familiar with what this DLC could possibly mean? Because the artwork showed him potentially riding on... Um, What's the name of the horse? Torrent. Torrent. I was like, yeah. Remember there was a whole conspiracy that they named the horse Torrent, so when people <laughs> search Elden Ring Torrent, he would have come up and not like links to actual torrents. That's funny. Anyways, yeah. So are you familiar with the lore here of what it could possibly
1: be? No, I'm with you. I remember looking into it um, a bit. Well, actually, shortly after finishing Elden Ring, but since then, and it's been a while now, almost coming up on a year in, a, in the next month or two here. So, yeah, I have to go and refresh uh, myself on some of the lore to get a better idea of um, where we're at. And then, yeah, maybe especially as we get more information from, from software about this DLC to give us some hints, too. Because, yeah, I feel like I'm out of the loop a little bit now. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I think this DLC gives me an excuse to go deep dive into the Vata Vidya stuff and really get yeah. familiar with it. Because then I could just build my own hype for it because he does a really good job at putting the lore together. Um, but even then, like, a demigod, that's the twin brother of, like, one of the most badass characters in Elden Ring. That alone, even if you don't dive in as our it's sick. Why is he on the back of, um, Torrent? What, what, what's going on with the, uh, um, what's the name of the DLC? The, uh, Earth the Tree. Like, Shadow of the Earth Tree does it mean, like, we're going into the depths or something, or some alternate world, as it tends to be. Like, with Dark Souls, a lot of times it was the Painted Worlds, um... So we'll see what happens. Very exciting. Um, yeah, I Armored Core Six: Fires of Rubicon is a game that like we don't get very much, very many like mech games like that. And I trust From Software. And for me, it's funny where Suicide Squad kills The, the Justice League is like an IP. I'm all like, I'm like, oh, I'm all in unless it comes out and it's not great. And as we've seen, stuff it's like that, ah, it's not great. Armored Core 6 is like the opposite end of like I'm not really interested in the IP but I'm interested in the developer and the only way where I likely wouldn't hop into this day one is if it like got really bad reviews because I trust from software and I'm interested to see a different genre from
1: them so that'll be yeah. fun and I'm I'm with you on that too because I, and I've read a little bit about Armored Core apparently it's really there's really a heavy emphasis on not necessarily RPG elements but like stats and i guess numbers that kind of thing and then maxing your your mech and stuff and builds and 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 that kind of stuff too like there's a whole meta around all that which i didn't expect um it's kind of caught me off guard i thought i'm picturing yeah more like action kind of mech game but um i think i there's a lot i have a lot of ignorance around this series um but every part of it
0: it's not like dark souls i think it's it's like, it's the first thing, the very niche, like, gamers are like, I know Armored Core. Most people don't.
1: Right. And so, like, for me, it's like, there's basically nothing about it that sounds interesting to me, except for the fact that From Software is making it. So, it's going to be probably a tough sell for me in any case. But I definitely will keep an eye on it because I, I don't know. I kind of like to see how From Soft goes and tend to root for them. I have a slight connection to
0: Mecha, like the Gundam series and stuff like that. And even the the. Revealed trailer is super sick like I love giant robots shooting shit and um, it's interesting because I do think an audience that might cap might catch on to this a little bit and not the same way because like for Metal Gear Solid it's very much Kojima and the eccentric characters and all the weirdness there and I'm not saying that this will necessarily have those parts but the like the Metal Gear aspects of Metal Gear with the cool robots and shit I think there is an audience from that fandom starving for something similar to that as well as like the Gundam audience too, who is kind of relegated to what most anime fans are relegated to, which are these like, okay, games licensed based on the property. Like outside of Dragon Ball Fighters, we don't really get these like premier AAA high quality anime games, unfortunately. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of high quality though, we got some clarification for that PlayStation Showcase happening this year, Dom. So from a recent episode of Game Mess Decides, which is Jeff Grubbs' podcast, Jeff Grubb with Giant Bomb. He added to his reveal that a PlayStation showcase will occur in 2023 before E3 timing, which we already knew about. He also talked about the state of play and then it happened. He specifically clarified the following, quote, Sony, and this is all his words. I'm going to read it verbatim, quote, Sony itself is saving its own actual good stuff or something else, which is what's happening here there. Because people were asking, like, why the state of play was kind of um, lackluster in some aspects. They're saving the good stuff for the PlayStation Showcase. That's what's going to happen before E3. It was supposed to happen last fall, but they kept pushing it back because their developers weren't ready to show things. But now those developers are ready. They're going to have a massive show that really sets up the second phase of the PlayStation 5, end quote. Now, for all of you non-Marvel dorks out there, the phase thing is really cool because the whole cinematic universe for marvel was set up in phases and it also culminated with phase three at the end with thanos and it's kind of a way to section off these stories and it's easier for people to digest him in that way and it's cool because people were wondering well what's the next stage for playstation what is the next phase because we've gotten we've talked about this dom all of their major releases really after god of war ragnarok the only thing we know about right now is marvel spider-man 2 I mean, that's loosely speaking. We know Naughty Dog's working on their next game. We know Sony Santa Monica's already working on their next project. But in terms of like announcements, the only major player we have is Marvel Spider-Man Two. So this could, honestly, this has a making to be a pretty dope showcase. Dom, and after the state of play last week when we were reviewing it, I said because this one is lackluster, I think it's gonna raise a lot of people's expectations for this next one. And if what Jeff Grubb's saying is going to be true, which I have a lot of trust in Jeff Grubb, I'm pretty excited that the the just the idea of setting up the second phase of PlayStation Five. That's that's dope, right?
1: Yeah, it's a cool way to put it. And what it also kind of reminded me of as uh, as I went to look at uh, Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor, like that game, and <clears throat> kind of I think we talked about it when it was first announced, but I came re-realize that that game is next gen only. Right, or current gen only. So that's not going to be on PS4 and Xbox One.
0: And wild for EA, too. A publisher that usually sticks
1: <laughs> along for a long time on those older gens. Right, get things out as many places as possible to maximize sales or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that kind of made me feel like, oh, you know what? That's I, I'm glad for that. Um, obviously, that's a bummer for people who haven't been able to get new consoles yet, but... Um, I look forward to that and, and I'm thinking to myself also it's been since it's 2023 now and these consoles came out in 2020 and we're still um you know for the most part making games for the old console versions too. So that's kind of how I am in my head I'm also da- dividing up like the second phase of that, yeah good right? point of of PS5 is like maybe games that are going to start to be exclusive to just as newer generation because and then looking specifically at PlayStation was um, obviously, it was a big fuss when, you know, God of War and Horizon were revealed to be uh, across both gens, too, right? So, I don't remember if we've talked about or if we know if that's the case for Spider-Man 2 or not. I'll look but, that up while you continue. Okay, yeah. Um, but I feel like that would be a good pivot point as a part of this, yeah, next phase of, like, with Spider-Man and then whatever Sony Bend is doing and Naughty Dog and, and down the line. Like, can we start getting... Can we start really focusing on maxing out like the the newer consoles specifically i think that's cool and i'm hoping that that's part of what is they mean by um or what's being interpreted by uh, Grub, at least so like, that's kind of how i'm thinking about it okay so i'm looking at the blog post
0: that they did on december 15th remember that the the hey spider-man 2 is happening <laughs> remember like right yes. after the game awards cool and in <laughs> the in, in it it says the release window for the web slinging sequel, Marvel Spider-Man 2, launches on PS5
1: in fall 2023. So it just says PS5. Yeah, and obviously they've been not ins uh, not Insomniac, specific. actually yes Insomniac, because that was a big that was the other one. Miles Morales was was supposed to be, or we were like it, it led to believe it was going to be next gen only, and that ended up not being the case. Also, so the fact that they say. PS, it's coming to PS5, that for sure doesn't mean it's not coming to PS4 too. Um, it could have just been unmentioned, and maybe they're going to wait till the last possible minute, like they did with Miles Morales, to let us know, like, oh yeah, it's coming to the old one too. Um, basically, I don't really trust um, Sony to be clear and direct all the time. So, uh, I'm looking at
0: this from two weeks ago, February 14th, uh... It was confirmed that it will release exclusively for ps5 via tweet by playstation okay there we go yeah so and still take it with the grain of salt who knows yeah. but
1: that gets me excited as well it wouldn't be i wouldn't be like it would be the craziest thing in the world if they ended up uh, being true <laughs> still
0: yeah but i mean their developers are so talented there comes a point where i think maybe sony does hear the feedback of we just want to developer one platform because it makes our games that much better you know not to say that like god of war and horizon were necessarily hindered by it but i do think it possibly could have led to god of war ragnarok feeling as close to what it did to the original 2018 game as opposed to like a leap um so who knows we'll see uh next up this is a bit of a short one you kind of actually mentioned the franchise star wars jedi trilogy very likely happening So the director of Respawn's Star Wars Jedi series, Dig Asmussen, has said he wants to make a trilogy of games. And, you know, when the first game was announced, it's Star Wars, you automatically assume it's going to be a trilogy. It's just how human minds work with entertainment. Things work best in threes, especially in the world of video games, it seems like. Uh, And according to uh, Jeff Grubb of Giant Bomb, uh, the assumption among the team I've heard is that as long as Survivor does fine, they will begin working on another Jedi game. And when I said this to you, you had a funny comment, what was it, Dom?
1: yeah I think it's gonna do a bit more than fine, right yeah um, for sure first game i I don't remember the uh, specific numbers, but I think it did quite well, and obviously sequels tend to do even better than their than their than what came before them, right so um again, why I also did just mention this is going to be out on less platforms it's gonna be next gen only, so that could be a hindrance to it, but I don't doubt that this game is going to do really well, and that we're going to get the third one. It seems, like, like it seems obvious. Um, so I'm, I'm. This is great news to me, of course. Um, so I, yeah, I'm excited for this. It's coming soon, though. Um, like later this month, I forget the date, but um, I'm just so pumped for this game. Like, you know, we got Starfield coming later this year, um, and even uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I'm looking forward to. But honestly, like. I really want to be in my in my Star Wars zone right now. I'm ready for give me some Cal Kestis, um some Ser, and some some Marin and and that little fuzzy guy. I forget his name, but God bless him. Greasy baby, Greasy yeah, money. Greasied. That's right, <laughs> of course.
0: Greasy money. Uh, uh, so looking at the sales for the first game, it uh, Electronic Art, Electronic Arts confirmed that Jedi Star Wars: Fallen Order had the fastest selling digital launch for any Star Wars game within its first two weeks on sale uh by by March 31st 2020 it had sold more than 10 million units and oh, cool. in June of 2021 the game had attracted more than 20 million players so not necessarily sales total yeah i'm excited man uh i've kind of been media blackout for this for a while because i just don't want to see anything but people who have been watching the gameplay uh that they've been uh demoing and all of the new systems and stuff has me excited because what they're saying is the first one even though it was a good game it served more as like a proof of concept for this what this franchise could be and it seems like this one they're kind of running full bore respawns really delivering and building upon what they did with
1: the first game so i'm very there excited is, there is even a novel that just got released i think uh um, or maybe is about to get released this week of uh basically a, a the events between the previous game an interstitial and game. yeah exactly um that I've been debating like, do I want to crack that open? Like, yeah maybe I'll it's, it's too close now. I, I can't finish reading a book that fast anyway. There's too much going on. But um <laughs> I think it might it kinda speaks to um I, I well I'm so zoomed I'm so zoned in on like every offshoot and every comic and the uh, novel of Star Wars related that comes out, probably more than most people, but um I still think that can speak to like the popularity of this franchise specifically of uh of Cat with and the the jedi colon franchise it's just i hate the naming convention still but okay uh
0: yo we talked about star wars which is a media property that came to video games now let's talk about a game that's going to be coming to media properties dead by daylight plus blumhouse uh so brent lang of variety has reported atomic monster which is james wan's uh production company uh the director of a lot of horror movies and aquaman um Atomic Monster and Blumhouse are teaming up with Behavior Interactive to develop a feature film adaptation of the hit horror multiplayer game Dead by Daylight. The companies are commencing their search for a director and a screenwriter for the project. Quote, We know there are so many fans of Dead by Daylight out there and think it's imperative we find someone who appreciates and loves the world as much as we do to help us bring the game for the big screen, said Jason Blum, Blumhouse founder and CEO. We know our partners at Behavior and Atomic Monster will help us bring the best version of this game to life. End quote. Last week we talked about Blumhouse Games, their initiative to go into gaming publishing with smaller indie developers to begin with, and I guess one part we didn't really think about was with them trying to familiar familiarize themselves with the gaming industry, Dom, this was also bound to happen. We're like, hey, this gaming franchise seems like it'd be a perfect project for us to take on as a production house, and... I think a lot of people don't understand that Dead by Daylight. They see it and they're like, "Oh, it's the horror game where they just get a bunch of licensed killers from other properties and you play as them." It actually has all of its own lore and characters in it as well. Um, there was a hot minute where I was very much into Dead by Daylight playing with my friends. It's a very fun game, and outside of the you know Freddy Kruegers and Jasons and all of the known quantities there, there are original monsters and original characters in this whole like deep rooted lore with them and stuff too, and. Um, we may not talk about it often, but Dead by Daylight has one like one of the strongest fandoms in gaming. Like, if you just dip your toe in there, you know, you know, a fandom is huge, and it's terrible to say this, but it's true. You know, a, a fandom has reached popularity dom when there's a very prominent toxic part of that fandom.
1: Oh um, yeah, that is yep.
0: just how it is. Unfortunately, we've seen this with Rick and Morty, Star Wars, yada yada yada. Um, and it, yeah, Dead by Daylight, the fandom is huge. Are I know you. Would probably never play the game because you're not a multiplayer type guy, but Blumhouse making a a, a a movie based on this does that intrigue
1: you at all? Because I knew you're a, you're a horror film buff much more than I am. Yeah, definitely. It'll be on the radar. Um, I'm I'm that person you describe where I don't know anything about Dead by Daylight and I just all I've seen is the releases about like oh now Freddy Krueger's in it, now Jason's in it, and so on and so on. <laughs> um, and, and that's all I know except that yeah, multiplayer asynchronous or whatever, um, or not asynchronous, but um. Yeah. PvP asymmetrical. I think is the word you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Asymmetrical. Um. But yeah. So I, my knowledge of it is super limited. So that's good to. That's what I was going to ask, and hoping you knew. So that it's good to hear that they do have their own lore and stuff going on. I'm like, what is this story? What is this movie going to be built off of? Um. So yeah, this will be on my radar. This could be cool.
0: Yeah, and I'm interested to see if they take the like the, the dark horror route or if it's a little bit more campy, uh, or. You know, maybe it's something that actually, like, pokes fun at the tropes of the horror genre, because I think they could do a pretty good job with that, too, because the game itself includes all of these, you know, people from different franchises. So we'll see what happens. Interesting stuff there. Next up, Telltale Games update and rumor. So in an official tweet, Telltale Games announced that Wolf Among Us 2 will no longer release in 2023. Uh, We talked about this in our Discord, and I was like, I don't know if anybody really thought that this game was coming out this year. I was under the assumption, like, there's no shot Um, And then friend of the show, Chris Nunes, mentioned like, well, yeah, they're also working on a new engine. So that's probably giving him uh, troubles too. And with Telltale, we know that a big problem as to why they failed the first time around is a lack of production coordination. um, And just everything there was was messed up from the financials to the just planning of a release. So yeah, take their time. Don't worry about it. We're not in a rush. Uh, But this follow-up here, IGN revealed that Telltale Games is working on a third unknown title in very early development in addition to The Expanse and The Wolf Among Us 2. Oh, that's right, The Expanse. I, I never played The Wolf Among Us to uh, the original one. I only played the first episode and then I never got back around to it. And I think what I'm planning to do is when this one releases, because I think it's going to be releasing with all of it, all five episodes or how many episodes they do, I want to play through the first one and play through that one. And then with The Expanse, I'm actually currently watching through the hit sci-fi show. I'm in season two right now and... Uh, I got interested in it because The Expanse is based on the, uh, book series of the same name. The first book is called Leviathan Wakes, which is su- such a dope name for a book. Like, the moment I saw the title for that book, I thought, oh, interesting. And the cool thing about The Expanse is it tackles sci fi in a very, like, hard sci fi way. So it uses a lot of, like, actual science. Obviously, there's a lot of fiction involved, but it tries to base as much as it can into hard science, uh, which is really neat. And, uh, you know, a season and a bit through. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm very interested in that too. And I haven't looked into if it follows the same story or if it's like a side story, uh, kind of like what The Walking Dead did. And I don't want to look into it because I don't want to spoil the show for myself. Um, but yeah, who knows what the third project is. There's no shot they return to Walking Dead, right? That would shock me. Um, it could be... then being a part with Skybound now, I wonder if
1: oh, an invincible right. project could be... Like Telltale that, Invincible, which would yeah, be pretty that neat, could be interesting. There could be a lot of different ways you go with that too. Um, they just done so many different things, different ways. Like you mentioned, like with Walking Dead, they did same world but just totally different people, different places. Um, but theoretically, there could have been crossover if the, if they had Guardians that. original story. Obviously, yep. that one wasn't as beloved. Um, a Batman original story, right? Original story. Well, the interesting one, um, which not as many people liked, but Game of Thrones they did kind of similar to walking dead where it was like different characters in the same world, but you actually do see some of the characters from that show, which is very minimally. I liked it too. Um, yeah, I don't remember what the criticisms were at the time, but yeah. So like they've shown, and I don't know how many people are still there from those days, but, um, I feel like they've shown that they could do a lot of different things, like within the same world, adjacent to it, original stories, like so many different options. So like, yeah, maybe they'll do more. I mean, it'd it'd be cool if they did more Batman. Um, I'd be into that too because both of those games are really cool that they did um or something yeah totally, a diff, totally different ip be, actually i'll say it'll be really cool if it was something new at least to me like the wolf among us was so, like i obviously i recommend um finishing that um when you get the chance like before the new one comes out but i had never heard of any of that uh story before so even if it was like something that's based on something else that i hadn't heard of like that's exciting to me um just as much as like, yeah, more Batman would be or something like that. So yeah, that, I'm curious to see where they end up going. I'd even love that they partnered with like other, like what if
0: Xbox paid them to develop like a, a platform exclusive Telltale's Fallout? I think that'd be really neat. Oh yeah, a fall, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, I'm ready for that Amazon show too. Me too, can't wait. Um, Yeah, so we'll see what happens with Telltale.
1: I, I, I don't know, were you with me that you didn't expect that game to come out this year or assumed it probably wouldn't? Not really. I remember when it got announced, and it was kind of like, yeah, eventually. Because then they said that it was early or something. Even then, um, they never made it feel confident that it was coming soon. So, yeah, I kind of this, this this seeing this announcement that it was delayed into 2024. I was kind of with you of like, oh yeah, sure. I didn't really expect it anytime soon. Anyway, so take it out, y'all.
0: Yeah, I mean, the years of bathing in the cynicism of waiting for the Hollow Knight Silk Song. <laughs> uh, release date. I'm just oh, like, man. yeah, nothing's coming out in the year they say until uh, we get How a firm do we date. St-
1: still not know when Hollow Knight's coming out, man. I know. Hey, maybe it's in
0: that. I wouldn't expect it to be in the PlayStation Showcase because I think that's going to focus on big AAA big boys. Um, but we. Dude, if, if July if July ends and we don't know about Hollow Knight Silk Song, I'm gonna actually be worried about Team Cherry. Like, did they get abducted? Yeah. Did like an alien race come and abduct them? And that's why we were seeing all of these balloons and weird stuff and they're like, You're one of the best game developers. We need you to make video games for us on Bleak Blorp. <laughs> we long game developers are taking yeah. Team Cherry. I don't know. It's the only, the only reason I can come with. Um Let's get into some Wolong Fallen Dynasty review roundups. So this is from various sources. So the latest release from developer Team Ninja and publisher Koei Tecmo. Wolong Fallen Dynasty is releasing on March 3rd, the day before we're recording this podcast, and reviews have begun pouring out. Let's take a look at the generally positive reviews from several outlets around the industry. It currently sits at an 82 on Metacritic and OpenCritic, with 85% of critics recommending it on OpenCritic. Um, shout out to you. This is going to earn you about 11, 12 points on... Uh, uh, our um fantasy critics league which is good i think honestly anything above an
1: 80 or an 80 is a good pick cuz that's 10 points so i definitely was hoping for more based on the scores sure. yeah. Neo one and two got but still very very good score for me
0: yeah i mean i think all your games have been above an 80 so far maybe one was a 79 maybe not we're batting we're batting pretty consistently so far so i'm pretty happy with my scores I know and a lot of your games have come out more recently, so I only have like two games out, so it's like the, your score yeah. is way more ballooned. Um, let's get to these uh, reviews though. So first up we have Alejandro Castillo from Mary Station, uh, which from what I looked is actually um, a Spanish uh, review site, which is really cool, and on Open Critic, they do a good job of translating the like sections of the review over. So uh, Castillo writes, quote, well, Fallen Dynasty is going head-on from the start. The new Souls-like from Team Ninja returns uh, to a solid, addictive combat. It is a hallmark of the team. Risk has its reward. Mechanics added to the formula, such as the morale system, influence the development of levels. From the moment you enter a mission, you activate the chip to achieve everything and destroy everything that comes your way. It's hard not to recommend it to fans of the genre. Only the limitation of the bestiary and the uninteresting loot system keep it from going one step further and he gave it an 85. Next, Mitchell Saltzman from IGN gave it an 80. Quote, Wolong Fallen Dynasty is another great entry in Team Ninja's growing collection of action RPGs that feature some of the best combat in the Souls-like genre, even though those battles start to lose their tension due to the distinct lack of enemy variety to fill out the 20-plus hour runtime. End quote. Next up, so yeah, he talked about the, the, you know, maybe being a little bit too long in the tooth, which is a criticism that seems pretty apparent in a lot of the reviews. Next up, Chris Carter from Destructoid, who gave it a 90. Quote, I want to stress that Wolong is not going to be for everyone. It can be extremely punishing, especially if you're butting heads with the parry system, but the setting, aesthetics, and action sensibilities from a learned team made it all worth it to push through and get over that hump, end quote. It's pretty succinct, but I think a lot of these guys are also stressing... Hey, just be weary. If you're not a Souls-like person, this probably isn't for you, which I think is good to mention. Uh, Next up, we have Elijah Gonzalez over at Game Informer, given 88. Even as its second half failed to match what came earlier, Wolong Fallen Dynasty is a finely honed delight. Its action is precise and responsive, and learning the intricacies of each adversary is exceedingly fulfilling. While I wish its backstretch was either pared down or had a wider variety of foes, this is a rare title that induces trance-like focus, and euphoric moments of victory. It may not quite reach the heights of the works that inspired it, but it's not far off. end quote. I really like that write up. I think it does a good job of of basically saying like, hey, it has some weaknesses. It maybe doesn't reach what you'd expect from like a from title, but that doesn't mean it isn't worthwhile. So Elijah Gonzalez, good on that write up. very, very good usage of the English language. And last up, we have John Bales. I believe it's pronounced from Games Radar. Another of the lower spectrum of reviews. He gave it an 80, which I mean, it's still fantastic. 80 is a really great score. But quote: Ultimately, though, no matter how many times you stare into the eyes of the tiger, what counts most here is well the throw of the fight, rising up to the challenge of your rivals. Uh-huh. When you when you meet the target or most fearsome foe head uh, sorry let me ref- when you meet largest or most fearsome foe head on, remain steadfast and push aside their best combo like a martial arts master before spearing them through the gut. It's irresistibly exhilarating. Exhi- Mudmouth. It's irresistibly exhilarating. Wolong's cocktail of measured inputs and furious blows alone should keep the focused warrior going to the end. Keep calm and parry on. A lot of really cool words from from these reviewers. They did a very good yeah. job of painting a picture. Um, so it seems clear if you're not a fan of the genre, tread carefully. A lot of them mention that the game seems to go a little bit too long in the tooth, and towards the back half of the game, it tends to lack in enemy variety. I've also heard complaints that the visual fidelity suffers in low-light areas for the game. Um, Very interesting stuff. None of this turns me off. I think a lot of the stuff they're talking about is like, hey, if you're a fan of the genre, hop right in. Very interested to see how it vibes with me. The long runtime is worrisome because... For me anyways, Dom, I don't mind playing the Dark Souls and Elden Rings for fifty plus hours because those worlds are ultimately engaging throughout for me. With this, where they're talking about how it tends to suffer on the back half, the enemy variety isn't great. Another criticism I've heard is that the difficulty uh pacing and scaling is very weird. Like it's basically like you'll have like a plateau and then a steep hill and then a plateau and then a steep. Like it it doesn't seem like it's paced out very well where uh, I believe Blessing from Kind of Funny said, like, the first boss is pretty difficult, and you kind of coast for a while, and then I hit a wall that took me two days, were his words. And Dang. Andy Cortez of Kind of Funny also talked about it, like, the pacing in it's a little weird, where it just feels like there's a lot of easy, and then something punches you in the mouth, and then it's kind of e- like it doesn't seem like it flows very well in that way. So, who knows? Uh, hearing all of these words, I want to hear from you how you sit a day away from being able to play this game. What are your worries? what are your excitements? Give it to me, give it all to me done
1: yeah so it it sounds like the the loot system is the same as it was in neo and and that's like it, it is so minute it's so like detailed and like every like if you don't like numbers and percentages and any kind of like all those little attributes and like special effects and all that kind of stuff and constantly um getting new loot and trading it in or upgrading it or um creating new stuff out of it all that kind of stuff like constantly um then this would be tough for you um from the sounds of it if you know that's that's how Neo was because that part of that game um took me a while to really get into that being said um if you do really get into that loot system you're probably gonna get into it and uh it's what it's kind of how i picture people in destiny are um because that's not me but the way like you know each new piece of armor or weapon you get like contributes towards an overall level and like you're constantly swapping it out and all that kind of stuff like um it feels like it appeals to a very specific part of some people's brains <laughs> um in that regard so it sounds like that's still here which i'm not uh, it's it's tough to get into but i feel like i may end up just getting into it again and like you really got to go all in otherwise it's probably just going to annoy you because you can't you like you can ignore all the extra loot but then like you're constantly going to have to be uh, selling it and getting rid of it and it's like you'd be you're going to be doing all these tasks and for not really any gain um but uh that being said the the difficulty stuff is interesting to me because neo just got harder and harder as it went on after after like the initial like figuring it out like first couple levels where you get your shit rocked as always and Uh, souls like games um then yeah it starts to you start to adjust a little bit but then it it just gets harder and harder and like damn it was hard like super hard probably like on par with like sekiro um and that kind of thing um so i'm i'm kind of more interested to hear that like there's parts uh, that are easier even if it means like they're not paced that well and it doesn't feel natural like I'm okay with that if every once in a while, yeah, every other boss is, uh, a little easier. Like, I, I might be okay with, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm glad it's on Game Pass so, like, more people can get, get into it. That also means there's, in spite of these warnings you talked about, more people are gonna get into it and then realize, what is this nonsense? I'm not, I'm not really down and get my ass kicked for a bunch of loot, um, that I don't care about, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of that feedback, but, um also a lot of new people that really get into it that wouldn't have otherwise if not for game pass so yeah i'm excited i'm excited to check it out
0: i think it has two things going for it. one it's on game pass which is huge two i think uh alden ring from software kind of threw them a neat little alley up here because it's two opposite things if the dlc was coming out anytime soon i think it would really make this game suffer from that but the fact that the DLC announcement just happened, people are thirsting to hop, That everyone's sitting, I'm even sitting here like, should I hop back into Elden Ring? I don't know, should I hop back in? And when you have a new game available, I think a new game is always more enticing than hopping into a game you already completed. Just That's how our dumb primate brains work. Um, so I think those two things are, are really good for it. For me personally, and I think for maybe for a lot of people on Xbox, I think people just want to check out a Team Ninja game. They've heard so much about Team Ninja and, you know, outside of did, uh, what's the Kill Chaos game, Stranger Paradise? That came out on all platforms, right? Oh, yeah. I think and so. And that was probably like the worst Teen Ninja game of of the last couple of years. That's right. And we haven't been that. able to experience a Neo or Neo 2 on Xbox. So I think that's going to be huge for people as well. Game Pass, obviously, letting people hop in and not having to worry about that barrier of entry. And you talk about people hopping in and being like, oh, man, I don't want to get my teeth kicked in. I remember the day because my friends had heard me for a couple of years talk about how dope Dark Souls was. It's difficult. I'm having a blast playing it. I remember the day that Dark Souls came to Xbox Live Gold and all of my friends were like, oh, I'm going to play that game. It can't be as hard as you were saying it was, yada, yada, yada. And each of them got to that first demon, didn't know what the hell they were doing, got super angry and rage quit and uninstalled the game, which is hilarious to me. Um, And it was one of those funny moments where like, yeah, your your friends, you know how guys are, especially in a group, they all want to prove themselves, and they're like, this game can't be as hard as you talk about it being, and they hop in, and what it is, honestly, a lot of the times, especially with a lot of my friends, you were probably the same growing up, is a lot of them are Call of Duty guys, or sports game guys, and Dark Souls very much quickly teaches you, this game is about patience and understanding, you can't just come in here, hack with your sword over and over again and expect to kill the boss, and that's what they did. They would just go in there and hack, 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 do whatever they could not understanding. Like there's, there's a dance to it all. Like you can't just swing over and over again. Um, yeah. So that was really fun. And I, uh, there's probably gonna be plenty of people, friend groups this week that also learned
1: that lesson to some extent on and Xbox, And it's like the, the combat though. I don't, I don't think I talked enough about like the good parts of, uh, at least what I experienced with Neo and what it sounds like is still here with Wolong is like, it's so satisfying and like it's, really gives you that feeling of like i'm just absolutely badass like when when things hit when when it works and when you do finish a boss like it's just so satisfying even like the moment-to-moment like feel of it is so good it's like it's absolutely top tier like combat um like controls and the feedback and everything about it is just like freaking satisfying it's it's complex too um at least in neil you would have like six different weapon types, um, and then different weapons within those, but also like three different stances that affect how you, um, um, like, like how quickly your stamina gets used, and the different combos available to you. And then yeah, oh yeah, just like the the upgrade system and like of the new moves you can learn and different things. Like there's, it's a really deep game, and but but mostly like that combat is just so good, and so satisfying. Um, really feels you can really tell the difference when, like. Like they like Team Ninja, maybe their roots are more in like a fighting game kind of style, um, merged with like like that Souls like style where maybe like From Software like, kind of came out of something different. Um, a little hard to explain, but like when you feel it, it feels just like like arcadey, like Dark Souls became arcadey, but also really damned and difficult. It, it's it's so cool it's so good and 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 unique really too even amongst all the other souls like games this one i think really carves its own path the best again i'm still well, talking it's about neo interesting you <laughs> talked
0: about sekiro earlier too because sekiro is froms closest thing to a fighting game cuz it's very much about the one on one engagements um and yeah i i've wanted to play a team ninja game forever cuz i haven't gotten around to neo so i was already excited about this cuz like we're always starving for a new souls like we always hope every new souls like that comes out is really good uh, but it was your impressions of your time with Neo too that really got me intrigued and uh, yeah the, this setting is is always cool too so we'll see what happens we're going to get our hands on it tomorrow and we'll have impressions next week this week was interesting in terms of what we've been playing what I've been playing anyway so I wasn't able to touch Atomic Hearts again um, or Hi-Fi Rush unfortunately I was able to get in a couple of hours with Chained Echoes nothing much oh, there nice. that's of note it's just you know going through the opening hours of, of uh, an RPG like that so Nothing crazy to report. I still haven't gotten the last two characters. Uh, so I'm interested to see when they come into the fold because I only have six of the eight so far. But I was sitting there, Dom, and I was wondering what can I do in the meantime before Wall Along comes out? Because honestly, the only if this game came out, as was completely broken and everyone said it was terrible. That's the only way I wasn't going to play it. So like mm-hmm. even though we wanted it to be closer to like a you know high 80s and 82 is still more than enough justification for me to hop in tomorrow. Um, so I was sitting there. I'm like, what am I going to do? I booted up my Nintendo Switch, and I was like, let me uh, check Pokemon real quick. I was bummed at the Pokemon Presents. By the way, we didn't really talk about that because there was nothing much to note. They announced the DLC, but once we have more details, I think it'll be more interesting to talk about. Uh, They didn't talk about the Pokemon home integration yet, which is a bummer because that's how I want to bring in my guys to complete the Pokedex, yada, yada, yada. I was like, how do I hop into Pokemon? not really feeling it right now. Um, Breath of the Wild. Do I restart that and give it another chance? No, Jared, that's dumb. Wolong's about to come out. Don't start a 50-hour open world game and I scrolled over and guess what I saw in my hub? I was like, man, I still have this Super Mario 3D All Stars. Oh, Oh, I feel like playing Super Mario 64 again. Maybe. That sounds cool. (laughs) Never playing Super Mario Sunshine. It just that game does not vibe with me. I tried it once, did not like it. There was a game sitting there, the third game, that I had never played before. And everyone always said, Jared, you love Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Odyssey, why haven't you played Galaxy yet? I was like, ah screw it out, pop it open. I ended up playing for like three hours uncut the first time I opened it up and loved it. That game is so dope. Like I don't have to go into why 3D Mario games are good. It's been said numerous times over the last three decades. What I will say, though, there is one unfortunate thing about that game, and it is the motion controls. Tilting the the control with the star to gather the glitter or whatever they're called is fine, but the specific worlds in which you have to use motion controls to uh, control Mario are awful. The ones where like you're standing on top of a ball and you have to use motion controls to guide him to oh. not fall off the map, yeah. absolutely awful. The the worlds where he's like floating in the w- the gusts of wind and you have to control him with motion controls, awful. To the point that I skipped those levels to have a single star for you to get. I just I tried them multiple times and I got so frustrated with the mul- multiplayer con- multiplayer the motion controls that I just gave up on them entirely. And it's real unfortunate because a lot of the other world, every other world, is really fun. The when you, you know, load it up and you're going for a different star, the different worlds you go to, the way you traverse from from a little planet to other planet. It's all dope. I didn't expect to get, like, a Luigi's Mansion in there, which is really cool. Like, there's a Luigi's Mansion uh, star that you have to get. Um... There's like some characters from Super Mario Sunshine. I remember like the dumb bird robots and mm-hmm. yeah, it's <laughs> the, the level design and everything immaculate. I, like I said, I don't have to say anything about 3D Mario, but I was it was really a bummer that I'm playing this game having a blast and I get to the motion control spots and I'm like, thank God I didn't play this on Wii. Uh, I just that stuff totally is like blech. It's like a 9.9 and then like a four in terms of the motion
1: control stuff. It's just so polarizing,
0: <laughs> which has me worried with, like, if I ever want to get around to playing... Is Skyward Sword the one people talk about with motion controls?
1: Yeah. Don't even bother then. Um, yeah, it's, I it's hate motion <laughs> controls, man.
0: I hate so, it when they're done right, much yeah. less when they're not done right. So it's like, well, yeah, I just...
1: Skyward Sword, actually, because I played on Wii, and I, I hated the controls, and... And there were parts of the game itself that I wasn't crazy about, but um, but most of the motion controls just like it just it kills it for me. And that one is worse because it's like all the time. It's not like just yeah certain stars in mar and in galaxy that you have to get. It was like it's the everything you do with your sword and half the other pieces of equipment. But on Switch, I do I do recall. So the remake, um, you don't have to use motion controls. They have like a new system where you can use the right stick to, you know. Wiggle the sword around, yeah. I feel like that. I've heard people say both it's worse than motion controls, and other people say it's much better. So it seems like it's divisive as far as as divisive as the motion controls themselves. Yeah, yeah. So I guess at least you have options, but it's just a lot to have to overcome (laughs) to get to the game, in my opinion. Of like, if I can't enjoy the the fundamental controls of it, then like. Obviously, I'm not going to enjoy the game itself. Even It sucks if there's good stuff buried in there that you can't enjoy. But, yeah, I probably it might not be worth the purchase, certainly. That's the other part. If it was cheap, it'd be different. But Zelda games never are cheap. So. Have you played Galaxy or on the uh, Switch at all? Yeah, yeah, because I, I had... Um, or I still have a copy uh, of All-Stars, and I had never played Galaxy before, and I think I, I must have got, like... I don't know close to halfway through it and uh never came back I don't know it was it was fun um I don't remember I remember like the standing on the ball thing and like hating that and I got through like did one you play level. A handheld
0: or with a pro controller handheld yeah okay so I what I want to clarify too is I've only played it with the pro controller okay uh,
1: so I was curious if it was just as bad in handheld mode like I don't I remember like standing on the ball and that being hard, but I don't remember using motion controls for it or even like gyroscope or I'm not sure. It must have been like, I'm not sure how it worked, but I remember not moving that. With the pro
0: controller, you have to tilt the pro Controller left or right to guide him on the map. Okay. So maybe and you handheld push A it. to jump, I believe, or B. Yeah.
1: So maybe handheld it was similar where you would just be tilting the whole console. I don't know. I don't and maybe oh, yeah. the issue is that the, the
0: gyroscope controls in the Pro Controller aren't as good as they are in the handheld Switch, but that's not my problem Maybe. to deal with. Like, make right. it work well
1: on the, the pro sp- controller is, of it. That's like an yeah. $80 controller, too. So, like,
0: <laughs> uh, But I have a blast with it. I actually really want them to bring Galaxy 2 to the Switch too, because, uh-huh. you know, Nintendo does iteration pretty well, and I'm really enjoying what Galaxy has to offer, but I'm also seeing, like, yeah, this was a Wii game, for sure. So, yeah. uh, I'm interested to see what they can build on from that, but That said, it's, it's, I'm really bummed that I didn't get a place when it originally came out because what I've come to realize is I love 2D Mario games, but like 3D Mario games are like my shit. Like Super Mario 64, Super Mario Odyssey, and I'm really enjoying Galaxy. I just love 3D Mario, and I'm hoping we get a new one this year sometime soon, maybe with the launch of the new Switch, who knows. But, yeah, I'm, it's one of those, you know, we talk about our gaming backlog and, like, there's games that I want to get to that I haven't played, like, Endless Souls or these random-ass indie games. Super Mario Galaxy is, like, one of the, how would I say it, like, the um, like the list, the backlog you don't want to show people. Like, the one you're ashamed of, like, I haven't yeah. played these games. Like, the I shame haven't lock. played Metal, Metal Gear Solid. I haven't played this. You know what I mean? The shame, yeah, the shame yeah. log, uh, Resident Evil like, 4, which you got salty with me last week, Rick. You never played that? I'm like, yeah, man. Which is the worst is... part, of, Dom. I owned a GameCube, I was one of the seven people that owned a GameCube, but I didn't play Resident Evil 4. Yeah, it was good
1: there. And it so it's especially when it's like a critically acclaimed game that everyone says is great, but it also is a genre in a genre that you like and a gameplay style that's that shit. you like. Yeah, that's that is really in the that was that was nice of the old Republic for me. It's like, but you like you love western RPGs you love Star Wars and you've never played Dice of the Old Republic like how like how you know what I mean it doesn't make any sense so I had to finally take care of that <laughs> <laughs> let's uh I'm trying to think if I have anything else to mention I talked about Chain
0: Echo Super Mario Galaxy Last of Us continues to be good I don't really want to talk about it too much like I said once the season's done I want to do a spoiler cast it'll be me and Dom I don't know if Chris will join us or not but I, I want to dive deep into that when the, when the season's over um Yeah, it's pretty much it for me. Do you have anything you played this week, Dom? I know obviously you're excited for Wolong, but
1: yeah. So we spent a couple hours playing Immortality, and it's interesting. And we're not—I'm not finished yet, so I feel like um, there's not a whole lot of sense in forming an opinion until you're done with it. Is how I'm feeling right now. Because out of the three
0: movies, (laughs) do you have an understanding? How many of them do you have an understanding of the movie itself? Excuse me.
1: Not, basically, the, there's the one where, with the monk Amarosha or whatever, um, and I think I generally understand what's going on with that, where, like, she is kind of some sort of demon or reincarnation of Satan, and she kills this monk or tempts him and these different things. Um, and then, I'm trying to think what the other movies have going on. Um, the second one's a detective movie oh yeah and like all these women are being so weird to this detective cop um, like coming on him in different ways and it's I- I'm not totally sure what's going on with that yet um, <laughs> I'm interested though and then the last one is um, it's a cat I think and then <laughs> she's it, like a, she plays an actress that's like trying to make it I yes. believe if I remember correctly and then in one of the most confusing scenes was that uh, she was acting she was the actress on a talk show like, Anna uh, a Fallon or a Kimmel or whatever type thing. But it was acting within the game in which she's an actor. It was, like, Inception kind of situation, and it kind of threw me off a little bit. But I just got to keep playing and um, figure out what's going on still, because otherwise, like, the mechanics of it, I'm like, well, I'm just clicking on stuff and, like, watching more scenes. So it's, uh, that's all that's going on. There's not much else to say about it, I guess, except that I am really interested in what the heck is is all going on um it just remains to be seen so um probably more on that by next week um but i did i have put a bunch of time into atomic heart though so it is it's all right it's it's a game i guess (laughs) it's It's, um, um it's scratching that itch of um so initially it felt like like a lot of bioshock right but as i'm going along it's it's actually maybe a bit closer to prey of from like 2017 or 18 or whenever that game came out um kind of feels like a combination where like it it, it's it's starting to pull off of sort of the really goofy feeling stuff of bioshock where it's like a really over the top um and a little bit more on like the um, the puzzles and um, and that kind of... Less so like the super fast action shooting combat, especially in Battlestack Infinite, that turned into more like a first-person shooter. Interesting, because um, I always thought that this game was that... So you're saying it's not as you go on. It's like I'm not... That's part of my issue is like I'm not getting upgrades enough. I'm not getting enough new guns and the, the melee is shit. So like i don't really like mailing anything (laughs) so um the guns that i've found and been able to get are like not the most exciting um and there's not a lot of ammo so it's like i'm trying to be like a bit more strategic about the combat which is is, which is kind of fun in itself a little bit but um it's just different than i thought it was going to be and um but the puzzles i i really like like there's some cool puzzles and they do some cool stuff that um with that it's a little trippy it's a little bit more like dishonored with some of the puzzles um in that sense um so i've enjoyed that but like there's like an overworld and you kind of start out there but then for the next couple hours of the game i'm just in this underground bunker doing some stuff for a long time and like okay sure whatever and i finally get out of there and back to the overworld and i guess the overworld and like there's just i go to the next objective and there's just like a thousand robots that like i i can't reasonably fight because again i have very few guns and no ammo and it's just like okay well i'm just running to the objective then and kind of hiding and like i don't really feel like i can interact with the overworld very much um kind of because of that and it's just it looks really beautiful but it's not super interesting i guess um except for um uh, there is another character you run into that's like one of those characters where you're like, oh yeah, okay, let's rock, you know. Um, I don't want to spoil it in case you come back through, but um, yeah, so that's cool. It's like, but then once once I find that character, then I do one quick little activity, and I'm in another underground bunker for apparently uh, another long while. So it's and it's not as interesting as the overworld. But that being said, the overworld was kind of like restricting me a little bit too, and I didn't love it. So it's like there's a lot of really cool stuff in this game but then there's also stuff that like is kind of like Ugh, why is this like seems that seems
0: like it's hampered by inexperience from the developers of the game like it feels like yeah. they're just making a lot of mistakes you'd expect from like a first time out type situation and yeah you know
1: iteration is what this game needs most definitely big sequel potential I think but I'm having enough fun and I like going through it if it wasn't on game pass I probably wouldn't have bought it but um, it's it's cool enough and it looks really beautiful. Um, I got to really emphasize that because I'm even on Series S too, right? So probably it should look even better for you, not X. But it just looks super nice and performs really well. Um, I think like some people, like some of the reviews mentioned like bad performance and I'm like, I don't know, not me, man, but there was a huge patch like the second day after it came out or something like that. So maybe that cleaned up a lot of that before I got saw too much of it. But, yeah, I, I think I've got to be, like, at least halfway down now. Um, something close to that. I do want to probably finish it before jumping into Woe Long. But, um, yeah, it's it's been like, fun, a fun enough time. There's some cool stuff there. I like its fun. The world
0: too. is interesting enough that, like, I wouldn't mind a book or even a television show or something taking place in it because I think alternate a... history is such a cool concept. And anytime somebody creates a version of it that's intriguing, I do like the idea of, like, a utopian Russia, especially, you know, some of the best art reflects or is a commentary on modern politics or the world, and I think in the current state in which Russia is, I think kind of pulling at the strings of what a utopian Russia could be and the fallout from that would be really interesting in terms of storytelling potential. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of their like character design and some of the weird robots is really cool too. You didn't say anything about the uh, the thing I had the biggest problem with the game in my hour and a half with it, which is the annoyance of the lead character's voice acting. Oh. Yeah.
1: Um it's there's like so there's every like third thing he says, I just like shake my head like that's that's the line that you wanted him to say. You got really? That's it. We just like, did the first take, huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you wrote for him to say and that's how he chose to say it. Okay, sure. It's weird. It's almost like They're trying to be funny about it, but it doesn't hit, uh, at least for me. And, like, literally, stop saying crispy critters. Oh, my God. It's like everything that happens, instead of, like, oh, shit, or something like that, he just says, crispy critters. And it's like, huh? Huh? I, and it's, then all
0: you remind me is it's been so long since I've had Krispy Kreme, and all I want now is a Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> yeah, like
1: it's Krispy. You can't have like less than like three of those at a time. Those things are delicious. But Krispy um, Creators. It's so weird. Yeah, his dialogue is like bizarre. I don't know. Who it's wrote just this in Alien. Yeah. It's. I'm wondering like if it's like localization to stuff because this is a translation issue. I assume. Yeah. yeah. And some stuff just. I'm wondering if like I think you guys are saying what you think. You're not coming across. I don't think English is your first language necessarily. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's it's goofy. I'm not like necessarily like holding it against it. It's not like detracting too much from it because it's almost yeah. It's not the reason I'm going to stop playing the game. I just think it's like it's It's annoying. Yeah, it's weird. That's I forgot about that. Um, And also, like, there's not many different enemies. It's kind of like the same robots, the same like three different types of robots. Oh, that's what, a in that first bunker, you get to fight these cool zombie-like things. Um, that explains why they're there and stuff. I won't get to do it, but like, I, so I thought, like, oh, cool, we got this going on too, and probably there's gonna be more types of enemies. But so far, no, it's kind of just those same iRobot, uh, Little Smith uh, fodder. That's a bummer. Uh, next week we
0: might be talking about the potential Starfield uh, developer direct. There's rumblings that that's going to be announced in the coming weeks. So the standalone one focusing on that so who knows seems like every week there's been an event or something happening Down we're pretty spoiled at the beginning of this year we got the developer direct the shadow dropped hi-fi rush we got the nintendo direct that shadow drop metroid prime remastered we got the state of play which was the state of play so <laughs> we have plenty of stuff going on uh, next week hopefully we have some news to talk about some interesting stuff that being said you can follow us on twitter at collectively at ctrlint. int it's controlled interest abbreviated individually you can follow me at jared weich that's J E R R A D W Y C H E. You can follow Dom at Obi-Dom Kenobi, but the O and Ob is the number zero, not the letter O. Which uh,
1: podcast services? Huh? I gotta interrupt you because I gotta give, and you'll never, you'll rarely hear me say this, but great change I noticed at Twitter that zero has a little line through it, so it's clear it's a zero in my Twitter handle, and I'm like, wow, great a positive update. change in Twitter. We never <laughs> saw that coming. They're they're rare <laughs> lately, but this was
0: a good one. What I thought. One of the best changes since Elon's (laughs) taken over is to put a line through an oh, man, boy, howdy. Yeah. Uh, Podcast services, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to listen, we are there. Other than that, head on over to YouTube, search controlled interest, I'll prop it up. Subscribe so you never miss a video. Like so you help us in the algorithm and comment and let us know if you're playing Atomic Heart, are you having a good time with it? If you're not playing Atomic Heart, are you hopping into Wolong or what's the next game you're excited for? Other than that, we will catch you guys next week with the next episode of the Control Ventures Gamecast. See you guys then.